Welcome back to How It's Played. My name is Eli Sokin, and I'll be your host today. Joining me along today is... Tanner Kenny. Awesome. So we have some breaking news in, re- in terms of retail stores. GameStop recently has ha- had some questionable things happen to them. Yeah. Are they well-deserved? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so recently, GameStop has fired over 50 people, not just like regular employees. We're talking about like managers, marketing officials, HR, and loss prevention employees, yeah. which are like... Very high up, very and, high. And from what I understand, they also fired some members of Game Game Informer, not just GameStop, but Game Informer as well. Yeah, so it's quite a bit. Um, it sounds like <laughs> from multiple sources that GameStop has been uh, very questionable in their um, dealings with how they're losing their market and how they just want to basically just make some money as a last ditch thing to try to say whatever they have left. Um, what were your initial thoughts on, like, reading these articles, Tanner? I mean, I, it always sucks to see people lose their jobs. And I'm not – I'm definitely not going to go here and defend GameStop, but the writing's been on the wall for a long time with GameStop. They have not been doing well coming into the new age of, you know, Amazon. They they just can't compete with Amazon or Best Buy or any of the other game providers that – I'll give you your game at a more affordable rate more easily, and they don't hassle you all the time to do pre-orders or join their power-up program or buy this strategy guide for a game for this Pokemon game. When I'm a, a grown man, do you think I need a strategy guide? How dare you? And then you don't go back to GameStop. So yeah. it's Ga- GameStop has been essentially just shooting themselves in the foot, and I it sucks that people on the ground level have to. Uh, deal with the consequences, especially those at Game Informer, because there were a lot of really talented people there, and seeing some like big personalities get the get the boot is uh, disappointing. As a aspire as a aspiring uh, as an aspiring games journalist, yeah, I think the interesting thing about the game or GameStop firings is that like I feel like it wasn't just um, like a warning for them, like for the managers at least. I feel like. Um, it was a very like high up level. Like we're just gonna fire a bunch of people, like just without warning. Well, yeah, it's get quick profits. Try and get a quarterly profit. Look mm-hmm. goes for shareholders, because well, otherwise they're gonna start selling. You keep plummeting your stock, and that's not good. Definitely. It's like what Blizzard did. Yeah, um, Acti Blizzard. It's it's definitely really weird. Um, um, I think they were justified in trying to like maintain, like bring their things back up because. According to this report, um, in July, their stock price dropped 30% alone in that month. Whew. Not even just like over a couple over the months. Over It's not, one month. One month. Um, I think that the uh, firings might have been the fix to that. What are your thoughts on that, Tanner? It's a short-term solution. That's that's how these big firings usually go. It's it's short-term, and you just kind they kind of just hope that they'll find a way to make more money. Like, essentially... To stop the bleeding. If they can stop the bleeding after these firings, it was worth it. But if they don't, then they've just removed people who could have helped them, and now they're still losing money, and their people are out of the job, and everyone, no one's happy, except yeah. especially not the shareholders who are all that matters to GameStop, of course. <laughs> Who cares about trying to give prices um, or decent prices to consumers? Who you know, cares to about actually, cons- you know, who cares about consumers? Have you seen some of their re- like the retro game stuff that they give out? Mm-mm. Like, so, 
they they had they started doing that like you could buy retro games on there and that's like interesting and I was like hey I'm kind of I have I've got a Genesis and I don't have that big of a library for it I wanted to look into it and I look online it's like oh you you just get a you just get a cartridge in a bag amazing oh yeah what quality couldn't even like put it in a box in a bag a Ziploc bag GameStop. You're telling me to spend eighty dollars for this. Power to the players. <laughs> I feel so powerful. So, nah, nah. I mean, from what I remember from like a couple years, um, sort of what GameStop has done before is they just close stores. Yeah. What, what was? I'm curious. When was the last time you've been to a GameStop? Even. Um, I think it was in the middle of summer. Um, I was just walking around the mall, I'm like you know what, let's go into the GameStop, and then I was spent like ten minutes there, right. and then I was like, I'm done. When was <laughs> the last time you actively went to a GameStop with the purpose of purchasing a game, oh, not gosh. just to like w- kill time? Mm, I don't remember honestly. That's that's <laughs> that's the sad thing. That's the that's GameStop's problem. I know the last time I went in there with the purchase of with the within mind to buy a game and that was winter break uh i went in there and i was looking for i believe i was looking for a hyper dimension game uh because they usually the GameStop near me has a pretty niche like a small stock of anime stuff but it usually it doesn't sell so i'm the one who can pick it up and i go in there and i can't find it and i end up buying something else so that game was a mistake to buy but don't worry about that summon night seven Oh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, when I think of GameStop, I think of just sadness, and I feel like pressure whenever I go into a GameStop because every time I walk into GameStop, they're like a Best Buy. I think Best <laughs> Buy and GameStop share the common problem of people walking into their stores, and they're like, "Hey, um, do you need help with anything? Do you need help with anything? Are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure you're good? Um, can we uh, can we interest you in the latest games?" Uh, that we have don't worry um you've surely never heard of uh the latest mario party but we'll tell you about yeah. it anyways and then they have the tv that's constantly at least in mine they have a tv that's constantly playing like loops of yeah of contests like check out this new mario kart game it's all new it has carts and mario incredible <laughs> and then you hear the, the, the loop is short enough that you hear that at least twice while you're in there Mm-hmm. But you know, I mean, it's it's hilarious because GameStop is so. I feel like it's just really cringy. They really try to push like games and like this elite kind of status onto people that just want a more laid back experience, which isn't really GameStop's thing. If you go into like a Walmart, you won't get pressured into buying games or buying whatever. You just walk in and people just do their business, and that's. Yeah. That's why I go to Walmart to buy games. And that could part be part of like a problem with how GameStop has not evolved their branding. Because they've always been like the we're gamers, we're edgy, Mountain Dew, Doritos, you know. They they're the the like the Dorito Pope trope. Yeah. You know, they they have not evolved beyond that. And as the audience for games is growing more and more massive with uh, tons of different people coming in. There is less and less of a percentage of that people being the epic gamer crowd. Sure, that's still a percentage, but you have to think about like who is really coming into a GameStop at this point in time. It's not the it's not the epic gamers. They'll buy digital yeah. because they don't have to leave their house. That's me. Uh <laughs> 
it, it's it's like families. I whenever I'm in the GameStop that's nearby where I live, it's always just families in there. It's like like a mom who's like standing around waiting for her kid to select what Xbox game they want, and then they I, I sometimes I see them with some really questionable choices in my heart, <laughs> and, and my heart is like, no, don't do it. No, I'm talking like shovelware. I've oh. seen some people pick up. I always feel bad when I see people with a licensed game, and I'm like, no, don't, don't do it. Stop. <laughs> and I can't stop them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's um. Very interesting how they're trying to market. Um, according to this article, they said that the firing could be connect, uh, connected with making more stores esport homes. When what do you what do you think that means? Because this is a podcast, you cannot see the face I just made, but it was one of utter confusion at that statement. I think it was confusion and disgust. <laughs> a lot of disgust too. You know, I felt some disgust in that. No, why? <laughs> Why would you do that? I mean, I think, I think you know, finding like a place to host esport events. Like, I know that there are some bars that will host. Like, I know Buffalo Wild Wings will have esport events on their TVs. At least some Buffalo Wild Wings do. The cool ones. But you know, that's that's something. That's a market GameStop could move in on, and maybe it's not a terrible idea. But I think they need to not call it esport homes. Uh, because that's just kind of odd. Yeah. I mean, I've been to a couple of different stores, you know, like a normal human being. And I think what they might be trying to go towards the most is like a Microsoft store. Because if you go into like a Microsoft store, they have near the back just a bunch of like really high end kind of computers where they're really pushing like esport leagues and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen the the Microsoft store has held some like league tournaments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember reading about those. Yeah, and they're like, oh, come here this Saturday to watch the, the latest League of Legends, you know, competition, and I'm sure that draws people in. Like, I mean, who doesn't watch esports? Like. If you're like, if, if you're you look a, at a very Twitch, online person, yeah, like I even watch like video game uh, videos, which is sounds weird, but um, like I'll just watch people play Mario Maker levels all the time well, now. I, I love watching stream highlights, just not even highlights, just full stream vods. I love just putting that on while I'm doing something else, and you know, just watch it. Like when I play Three Houses on my Switch. Uh, I can watch someone else play Mario Maker, play through some good levels and some bad levels. You know, have a good time doing that. Mm. I think that's a that's something. I guess. I think the um, the interesting thing here is that um, I don't know how they're gonna change their store like outline or like outlook because usually a lot of GameStop stores are very very small, so they don't have a ton of space to work with in the first place. So I don't know what they mean by eSport homes exactly. They'd have to do some serious renovation, and that costs money. GameStop does not have that. So that means that what's what I can imagine happening is like small towns get their stores shuttered, and then bigger towns will have their stores renovated to become eSports homes. And if that's successful, they'll start setting up new stores elsewhere. Maybe where stores used to be if they hadn't already had that spot sold to like a candy store that exists for a year and a half and then never comes back and you miss them. That's not projecting. <laughs> wow, it sounds like you had a uh, very real experience, Tanner. With a candy store? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
the truth comes out. <laughs> but um, I think that is, it'll be really weird if they decide to go this huge esports route because that's also still catering, like you said, to that core audience. But the thing is, like, they have to get, like, leagues in. Like, they have to have people playing there for people to be interested, which is really difficult. You know, like, yeah. a lot of people just play at home. People just watch streams at home. And I think that's, like, a major issue that GameStop has. Um, they also said that if there isn't, like, esports homes, they might pivot towards, like, retro games and just no. selling those. Um, do you think that that's a good idea, Tanner? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I want to get a baggie with Fantasy Star in it. I'll feel really good about myself. I mean... I can get a Fantasy Star and a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the same Ziploc baggie. It'll be delicious. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know how they would do it, but, like, if you look at, like, I think basically what GameStop did is they took a look at the, the mini NES... And they took a look at the Sony PlayStation One retro, you know, like their little retro consoles, and like those sold like hotcakes. You know what would also sell like hotcakes? Old games because people are buying these old consoles, which doesn't always mean that people will just buy them. No one buys just old games at like ridiculous prices. Yeah, that's because that's that'll lead into the problem of supply. Does GameStop have enough supply? Do they need to start making? You know, re like recreations of cartridges, which is something that you can get off of Etsy, which I learned, and I don't know how legal that is, but thank you, Etsy. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's I don't think like it's it's just not viable in terms of the long term because that just esports is niche, retro games even more niche like even if the nes classic and the snes classic and (laughs) uh even if those two sold well uh that doesn't mean that that's going to translate to sales for individual retro games because the thing about the classic consoles is that's 40 games and also it's a raspberry pi in a nice little cage that you can just mod so it's you, it's not just 40 games, right? Now you have all the Super Nintendo <laughs> games, right? So uh, that's that's the thing. That's like a really cheap pack. So that's like 80 bucks. Is that yeah. what the SNES Classic is, 80? Uh, I think it... I don't know. It's not It's not that expensive for how many mm. games you're getting. Yeah, and especially because you get like, stuff like Final Fantasy VI, I think, is on there. or I know Mario RPG is, and that, that alone is worth it. God bless. Uh... <laughs> Nah, it's, I, I can't see individual retro game sales working. Maybe if they went for a retro aesthetic, like they rebranded, that might help. I doubt it. I doubt any of this is a good idea for GameStop. I mean, there are already retro stores around. Like, there's one in Evansville, where I live, and it they do really well. They just basically buy games from people. They like They have games from, like, GameCube, NES... Like, even, like, some Switch games and, like, the latest stuff. Oh, yeah. And people will go out and buy them just because, like, they're really good, cheap price and, like, they can just go to one store and there's yeah, well, things from, like, all these generations. Yeah, niche niche retro game stores, like, small retro game stores, those exist a lot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there are some more well-known ones I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head, but I'm liking. I think uh, I, the one in Muncie is, like, Super Disc Replay or something like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, I, I don't live near one, so it's just, like, whatever. Uh... But, 
Yeah, I that's something that can be done by like a smaller store that can like control their stock and it's a little more understanding when when two dudes two dudes in a shack don't have my copy of Fantasy Star that I'm looking for. But if I go to GameStop and they don't have it, that's a little like le- that's I feel a little more bad. I feel a little more upset that GameStop doesn't have my Fantasy Star copy or my peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Definitely. I think the uh the main thing is that like if they do decide to do this route, it is very important for them to um like make sure that they have that stock and have that kind of power to like get into that market because there's already a lot of people who are already in this market, like tons of smaller stores, and I think they're really underestimating that. Yeah. So I think that um they have to do a major renovations for not only the esports thing, but for this. And like you said, it's gonna cost money and that's gonna be really difficult for GameStop and I don't know how they're going to do it. Do you feel like it's going to be like viable for them to even try or will they just sink before they even like finish? Well, they're dying anyways. That's the way I see it. I don't see any way that if GameStop continues without any significant change changes that they aren't gone within the next 10 years or less. So if they're going to try something, they might as well just throw a bunch of money at a wall. And if it doesn't work, a lot of people are going to lose money. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. Yeah. It's going to happen anyways. So might as well make your eSport homes. Yeah. Um, to get into more a more technical side of things, um, there was an article released by Shrubel Investment Management. Um, which is just an investment firm that they basically counted up all the mistakes that GameStop has made over the years and in a very technical standpoint. Um, and they said that their main issue was that GameStop had countless reasons for basically failing. And they like, they had so many opportunities to make themselves better, but instead of doing that, they basically for the past several years from 2012 to 2017 they basically repurchased um 1.2 billion dollars of their stock back just so that their numbers and their figures are really good for their stockholders and that they basically look like they're doing just fine even though they're sinking as they're spending their own money they're, to get their <laughs> own company back they're 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 quite literally like putting money into their other pocket. They're just moving the money. It's like, guys, we're making money. No. Yeah. No. Um, while this is, like, a ton of money, do you think they, they could have spent it more efficiently? Like, what do you think that they should have spent it on? If you, if you can have GameStop go into the past and, like, be like their major st- stakeholder. Where would you tell them to put their right. money? If I if I am John GameStop, <laughs> and I am at the head of GameStop Corporation, and I'm at a shareholder meeting, and they're like, "Why aren't we making money? How are you going to fix this?" In my head, I mean, clearly, I'm thinking about going to one of my three vacation homes because I'm a CEO. Uh, but other than that, I. Th- I would have re- I would have once you see that the branding for uh, Epic Gamers doesn't work anymore, you abandon it. You rebrand. That's a lot. I know that's money. You don't have to change your logo. Just change like your your slogan, how you advertise, make it more modern, more relevant, less stuck in the early 2000s. Yeah, I think they're um 
if I had GameStop going back in time, I would say the major part that they really should have taken like a hard look at or win was when the Wii was really successful. Because if you think about it, that's when like I would say the more casual audience really you know got into games and like families really got into gaming. Yeah, and and the Wii was. And like the PS3 and the Xbox 360, they had their online digital markets, and that was like the the beginning of the digital mark the digital market right there with that console generation. Uh, and the Wii didn't. I mean, the Wii had the eShop. Wow, I can buy Mario Super Mario Brothers and Wario's Woods. That's crazy. Uh, but he, it they really should have. That's that's a good point. I think that that console generation is where they needed to start doing something more than what they were doing because that's when like the like you said like the online like shops for the um consoles were really starting to push their own thing. Like think about like Xbox Online, like PlayStation Network and like granted like they didn't they don't have the free games of the month like they do now, but they were really starting to like build a sound, solid foundation in their online communities. Yeah, and GameStop was just like, oh, we'll just keep on selling stuff. We'll you just know? keep, well, whatever. That's that's a, that's not gonna be a thing that people use all the time. Yeah, and that, and then there are a bunch of really good digital sales, and then the how PlayStation Plus work plus worked on the PS3 with all the free games, Xbox Live with all the free games and the really cheap games, and all the exclusive digital titles along with that stuff like. Scott Pilgrim, you know, stuff that you will never find ever again, only on that digital storefront, not even anymore for Scott Pilgrim. But GameStop didn't have any of that. They had no control over the digital market, and that is what's kind of killing them. Definitely. I think, um, I mean, they still profit a majority on, like, hardware and physical game sales. Um, According to this article from the investment firm, the company still profits 71% on those sales, which, I mean, are a good chunk of their profits, but I still think there is a vast majority of things that they did wrong. Like, the, the GameStop has done a lot of questionable purchases in the past. They tried they tried buying a game publisher and, like, a game developer to, like, make games with them or yeah, for I, them. I remember that. I can't remember any of the details, but I do remember hearing about that being like, that's a great idea. But it was really weird, honestly, and I think that um, they, they've they done a lot of questionable stuff and they've sort of just like waited around a bit and they're like, oh, we could do this and or, or we could do that. And they've never really like under, I don't think they understand their market. I think that's their biggest issue. Um, but I mean, also they, they could have bought like online services. They could have done like Twitch, um, which would have been a great idea. Granted, it probably would have costed them a lot of money, but think about Twitch now, like people go on yeah, Twitch if, all the time. If they had if they had like invested in Twitch early before Amazon bought them, you know, that that would have been right up GameStop's alley getting into that. And now Twitch has a digital storefront. Yeah. That they use, you know, it's in conjunction with Amazon, but they have that now. So that's that could have been GameStop. They could be making those digital sales. They need that that's something they could have done, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, um within the past decade i would say like online stores have really dominated the market but why do you think that is besides just hey it's online it's convenience uh i'll say that from the experience of somebody who lives in rural nowhere rural town nowheresville with my one GameStop, uh 
it's way and you know the game stops like a nice 20 minute drive away it's way easier to use you know my crappy my crappy wi-fi to go ahead and just buy something on a storefront and download it to my console it's way easier it might take a bit but it's better it's better to just do that instead of you know driving and then coming back and then might not even be there and then you've wasted your time it's it's a lot better for more people to just have that convenience of access without all the not just like the fact that it you know it might not be there what you're looking for especially if it's a smaller more niche title like i like to find uh probably won't be there uh, um, like Xenoblade Chronicles. <laughs> Xenoblade Chron- hey, I got Xenoblade 2 like launch day. They had copies. I was very surprised. I was also very happy about that. But they upcharged for uh, Xenoblade Chronicles when I went to the GameStop. Yeah, they I... they upcharged it to like 80. Did I get charged 80? I don't no, think No, 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 no. This was the original back when like it wasn't oh, very popular. Oh yeah, that was yeah. um but that was because of it was cuz Project Moonfall. But I mean still like GameStop being greedy as heck. <laughs> yeah, that's that's something they've they've done. I forgot they did that. Yeah, but can't forget GameStop yeah. loves money. Yeah, and now you can just get Xenoblade Chronicles on your Wii U that I'm sure everyone has for like twenty bucks. Yeah. Um, do you, would you say that you have mostly online games now, or like digital games, or would you say that you have like a couple, like half and half, or would uh... you say that like it's almost all of them now? My my 3DS collection is pretty much all physical, just because the 3DS doesn't have that much space, and there very rarely is like huge installs for it. So yeah, it it really is just you get the cartridge, you plug it in, and it usually works. Hmm. And I'm fine with that. I was fine with that for the 3DS. For the Switch, there's a lot more extra installs you need to do, and it's just more convenient for me to get a digital copy. Especially because I have two physical games on the Switch that are that I that I bought. The rest are all digital. Yeah, that's that's really impressive. I think it might be even. And then more... of course, that's not including my Steam library, oh which is of course all digital. I think um, it might be even more prominent for like Sony and PlayStation owners, or well, mm-hmm. so, well Sony and Xbox owners, um, just because um, those games always require you to install something. It's never just like oh, just insert the disc. Wait like a couple minutes. It's always install, bam, five hundred gigabyte install. Well, that, you <laughs> they still have it up disk sizes. The entire th- that's why Final Fantasy VII remake is gonna be in like multiple parts because it's so massive. They're, They're actually- in Blu-ray disc. How can they be that massive? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean. Anyway, it's just the disc is basically just a key to get into like a majority of or the game. Anyways, yeah, you, for you the have, most part. Yeah, it used to. I feel like I I never realized it until I started playing like with PlayStation because on Nintendo you just stuck it in and it's just like bam, here you yeah, go. Because Nintendo didn't know how to use online. Uh, that's beside the point. But um, yeah, now I I deal with day one patches and you know update now available for this game even though it's like it does it did that last month and now or, it's doing it this month or with games it's install data to yeah. make it load faster like i know that was a big thing for the playstation portable yeah for the people who had a playstation portable or a ps vita install data was vital to have your games run at any good speed at any high quality on that like what 
10 gigs of storage for the Vita? Hey, 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 hey. Those are memory cards. Thank you very much. You have to buy those individually. Were they custom or something? Like, wasn't there like, it was, were they hard to find? It was specific memory cards for the Vita. Oh. I'm pretty sure. It might just be like some kind of SD. I don't I don't really know. I just know that it's really annoying as one of the three people who has a PlayStation Vita that I have to deal with memory cards. I think the major that's probably the major downfall of downloading digital games is just simply because of the space, but besides that, I think that that convenient factor is really good. Yeah, and as we get higher disk store like space for you know, small more space and smaller sizes, like yeah. with micro SDs. Uh, I've been looking into getting one for my Switch because again, I'm a digital player uh, for the Switch, and I needed to find a way to get both Fire Emblem Three Houses and Super Smash Brothers Ultimate on the same console at the same time. So currently, you have the wrong decision made. <laughs> you have three houses on your Switch, but not Smash Brothers. Yeah, you it, have disappointed the community. Yeah, and, <laughs> The, the, and with the thing is, and going back to digital versus physical, like you get these smaller, these more compact but higher capacities drives, and you can get more more stuff. You can get more games on it. You can save more stuff, and it gets a lot easier to do that, and a lot more, you know, easy to organize than having a bunch of physical games. And it does feel good to have a bunch of games on a shelf. Because I have a bunch of PS3 games on a shelf. I have my DS game. I have my 3DS games on a shelf. And looking at those, I'm like, that looks great. And then I'm like, do I want to play any of them? No. I have to admit, I definitely did. Um, I definitely do play games a lot more frequently if they're already on my system. Like a great example was Splatoon for the Wii U. Granted, like getting up, inserting the disc, waiting for it to load, and everything took a while because the Wii U had incredibly slow startup time <laughs> incredibly slow oh I love Xenoblade Chronicles X oh my god I love you, I you... love putting that game in booting it up and going to make a sandwich and you literally <laughs> for Xenoblade Chronicles X you literally had to download um, that had install data yeah, it had install data you literally went into the eShop clicked on like oh and it was like three, it was like three gigs or something mm-hmm. I think it was crazy it, it, made, it made a significant improvement in the speeds but <laughs> You had to go to the eShop to download it, which is the hilarious thing. And it's like, do you want? It's like, do you have funds to pay for this? Maybe. <laughs> it was all free, but you're just like looking at it, and you're like, it's like, hmm. Since I'm here already, do is there anything else? Do I, I want, want any DLC? Do I want this strange horse game? That they- um, <laughs> I think I think that brings up another good issue: is that online stores have less of a filter on what games that you're going to have. Because, for example, on the Wii U eShop, there was a game called Meme Run. Do you remember that oh, game? I, you know, I, I was... If I had had dispo- <laughs> if I had money to throw at Meme Run, what the, the one day it was on the eShop or whatever, I would have that on my system still. Literally, um, the Meme Run was this infinite runner that was... Filled to the brink with memes, yeah, and it was probably in copyright infringement, and it got taken down for a reason. <laughs> Let's just say, um, whoever made it was like a five-year-old. No, they they were just doing an, an epic troll L, and they made money for it. God they, bless them. They even released a video for the eShop with the um one of those um like 
with people who yeah, um, what, do the voicing. Is I think Tyrone. Yeah, it's Tyrone. And well, I can't believe Nintendo. Like, I I hold Nintendo in the highest regards for like their online store. You know, it's getting worse. But it's it, that was like when I like I took a solid look at the eShop. I'm like. Oh no! Like it's 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 the fall. Yeah, and that's something you can say about uh, on like there because you know online isn't perfect. Yeah. Online storefronts have a problem with content curation because I went to the eShop. Well, yeah, this the shop on my Switch, and I was just looking for something to buy because I was kind of bored playing Three Houses, and I was looking for something <laughs> else. I wanted a smaller game, so I didn't have to uninstall Three Houses. So I keep it on there when I felt like playing it again. And as there is some straight. <sighs> Let me. Pull, I, I have a picture of it here. Let me. You you talk for a bit while I find <laughs> this. Um, I think it's really weird to have like certain games. I think. Um, okay, I found it. Sorry. Oh, you're good. You're it's good. a, I, it's a game called Pantsu Hunter: Back to the Nineties. Um, I don't. I don't even know what that game is. It is, I believe, a dating sim. Where oh. you date girls that are in more of a '90s anime aesthetic? Is is that the catch to that game? <laughs> no, yes. I I guess. There's also please teach me Onedari Shogi, uh, where you I think you you play Shogi with JPEGs of some kind of pop idol group, <laughs> and as as you play Shogi with them, you get more illicit images. Oh my gosh. This is real. You could buy this on the Nintendo eShop. It's $8. <laughs> don't promote it, Tanner. Please don't promote that stuff. <laughs> Am I legally allowed to do that? This isn't radio. It's fine. <laughs> no. But, so, um, that's part of the problem with content yeah. curation. Like Steam, too. Steam has a huge problem with content curation. Yeah. You, you know, if you... T- I highly recommend if you're just like trying to find games on Steam to turn on the adult filter. You may think like, <laughs> "Oh, but I want to see the gory games." No, because the adult filter also gets rid of the flood of <laughs> flood of RPG maker porn games. The the <laughs> torrent of games like that that are all the same. See, like, I think it requires the balance of letting anyone who's anyone just make a game uh, and put it on your store or having close to zero games at all. Like, you guessed it, Uplay. Do you remember Uplay back then? Uplay is a storefront? I thought it was just like a like a DRM checker. Maybe. I might I might be wrong. But no, I'm, I think it is a storefront. It's just that it sells Ubisoft games and... No one, no one's going to use, use Uplay. Because like it's not it's not that great. Um, the EA store who goes to in the EA's Hey Origin is used for Apex Legends on PC and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> but like honestly, like those kind of storefronts I think I personally don't like at all. Like I can I can handle Steam. Like it's just you have to realize what games are crap, you know? And like generally speaking, like it's pretty obvious, you know. It, it is very obvious. It's very obvious when you have like the uh, the the games that literally feature just like JPEGs of like characters with like minimal text, and you're like, this looks like someone just took images and put it on a game. Yeah, Babby's first game, or it's Unity assets reused. Yeah, um, but I think a good um, competition to Steam, the the megalith of 
all <laughs> shops is um the Epic Game Store. Oh, you're gonna make me re all over the place. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. gonna talk I'm, about the I'm gonna Epic have Game a store. heated gamer moment. You talk about EGS. Oh, I love the Epic Game Store. How so? I love what they're doing, uh, because it makes so many people angry. So many gamers who are like, the, for years they were looking at the console peasants from their high PC throne. They're like, "You fools, fighting over PlayStation or Xbox? I am up here on my superior platform where I can play all games." And then Epic comes along. They're like, "Yeah, Borderlands Three. You have to download another free launcher, a free launcher to play that game." And all the Steam gamers are like, "What?" Exclusivity is a bad thing. How dare you? I want communism now. <laughs> I, I think it was really um Which unironically. It, it was really hilarious how like Epic was like, you know what? You know how um Xbox and PlayStation have their like own exclusives? What if we do that too and have people just install software on yeah. their computer? Even though from like as a person who plays games on PC, honestly, like just installing another installer isn't that bad it's an installer it is it, a launcher and there'll be the people who are the epic game store haters who are on the subreddit that they made specifically to hate epic this is real uh where they're like they're like no but it's chinese spyware as they use discord owned by tencent chinese company as they play League of Legends, owned by Tencent, Chinese company. Oh, I don't want to play on the Epic Game Store. They'll sell my data to China. But I don't have friends lists, they say, as they play games with maybe two people or go into a lobby of, on Team Fortress 2 just to farm hats. Oh, but what about Steam ratings, they say, as they, st- as they review bomb Ion Fury for taking out an offensive joke and then force the devs to cave and add the offensive joke back in. What about these features no one uses? (laughs) Where are they? Epic Game Store bad. And this is, of course, also ignoring the fact that Steam was awful when it first came out. You know, back when the orange box was yeah. back when the orange box was new. You know, that was a you a, a big thing to help market Steam. Yeah. And Steam was terrible. It crashed all the time. It was barely functional. Steam's been around forever. Epic Ga- the fact that Epic Game Store could boot up and operate consistently means it's a step ahead of where Steam was at launch. And Ste- Steam still loads really slow if you try to launch it. And I mean, it's Steam has had a lot of questionable things as well. Like like if you yeah. think about it like What's the 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 Steam beta thing with Greenlight? Yeah, uh, Green... it, well, it used to be Greenlight. Now it's Steam Direct is the name of it. Is it still the same garbage as it's, it used? Uh, there's now like a five hundred dollar dollar paywall, and it's a- allegedly approved by a team of people. But I've seen some games get through. You know, when you have that adult filter turned off. Hmm. <laughs> but I mean. It is it is a very tricky situation because online versus just retail retailers can just look at games and are like, no, we're not we're not gonna do that. We're not gonna promote your garbage because that makes us look bad, and we don't want to have just game cartridges lying around because that's taking up space for other important things like the latest Call of Duty. Ooh. <laughs> um, but I mean, honestly, I think that online, due to their simple like convenience and allowing people to just reach more indie games is such a great point for online and that's something that i don't think 
um, retailers can ever really yeah, have. It's way harder to find because I found some lovely little games on Steam. Like I know Steam is terrible content curation, but there are some lovely little games you can find on Steam that are like small and unknown, and you just kind of stumble upon them, and that feels great. Even more so on the Epic Game Store because there's less crap on it right now. Uh, you can find some really good indie titles there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you go into GameStop, you see the major titles. You see the Maddens. You see the sport games. Yeah. And on, you have on occasion, to... you'll find like an indie game yeah. that was like sold really, really well. Like, and they'll have like retail copies. Yeah. But that's about it. Yeah. Like even for again going back to like smaller niche titles, the anime stuff that gets translated and brought over here, and it's very few copies are made. Uh, Summon Night Seven. I found that by accident. When I was when I stumbled into a GameStop looking for a different game, and you know that didn't turn out to be a good purchase. But if it was, that would have been one of the few times I've gone into GameStop and found something by accident that I've been like, I really like this. I'm really glad I purchased this, because mm. for the most part, you just see the big titles, the stuff that gets heavily marketed with all the billboards. They, do, it's very rare that you see those little games get as much buzz as they would on Steam or something like that. Yeah. Um, I think it's very um, interesting how they only have, like, those big titles and they talk about them forever, and it's simply just a marketing thing that they do. Um, Just to wrap things up, do you have any last words for GameStop, whether it's words of kindness or go... (laughs) We... You deserve it. as, As a member... Of the Church of Orthodox Gamers. F. Press F to pay respects. F. P. GameStop, I don't have a lot of respect for you. I never have. Uh, You've served me well enough. I remember going into a GameStop when I was 10, and I bought Final Fantasy X, and that was a good purchase for sure, uh, even though the copy didn't work and I had to go back and I had to get a new copy. I remember buying Mario Party 8. I had to send that back twice before I got a working copy, and then it broke later. Uh, you know, GameStop, I have no, I do not feel bad about GameStop, the corporation, going down. Again, hate to see people lose their jobs. It always feels bad, but GameStop... No, I'm done. You're you're done. To the workers, big F. Yeah, I I think that GameStop has done little to even stop their own demise, and I think it's rightfully deserved. I I feel bad for the workers who, you know, just go to work every day and you know try to make the most out of it. But for their like CEO and their like you know like their urge to like please their stockholders and stuff, I don't care. I hope that they realize what they did. I hope I hope that you know the CEO of GameStop. Not I. No, I shouldn't say it. I don't think I'm legally allowed to say what I'm about to say. <laughs> but I, mean, I hope that the CEO of GameStop has a great time uh, moving on from GameStop, and I hope he gets another cushy uh, government. I hope he gets another cushy corporate corporate job. You know, <laughs> maybe he can get absorbed by Disney. <laughs> <laughs> brings down Disney. That's how we successfully <laughs> topple the, the mega giant. 
I, you know what? I'm okay with this. John Gainstop, apply for Disney. <laughs> Please. Well, I believe that's about it for today. This has been How It's Played. Joining me today was... Tanner Kenny, And I have been Eli Soakland, your host. Make sure to follow us on ByteBSU.com, along with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, basically all your social medias. This has been How It's Played, and we'll see you next time.